following podcast may contain some adult language. You've been warned. Those of you who got an invite, welcome to NerdProm. <laughs> no matter where in the world you are, we're all NERDS International. With the hyphen. Welcome to Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast. This is a show dedicated to the Genesis role-playing system from Fantasy Flight Games, a show in which we, your hosts, discuss all things Genesis from both the player's and a GM's perspective. I'm Tony Fanning, and with me, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Chris Holmes. How are you doing, homie? Oh, I'm doing great. Actually, no, I think I might be getting sick a little bit, but, you know, I'll tell you, goddamn... Um, chicken wings that I made in my damn air fryer tonight were freaking awesome. That was a like Christmas won't. present. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I won't complain. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I came home to I came home to cook spaghetti again. Melissa made spaghetti. Yeah. So no no complaints. Did there. you see my before and after pictures? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they looked pretty good. Oh man, they were really good. I got to tell you, you can't get sick. We still have more gaming this week. We have Star Wars tomorrow. We have uh, Primordial Machina play test on Saturday. Oh, you I can't, can't make it on Saturday. Don't don't. My even... wife's gonna. Be, I know my wife's gonna be in town. She's invited people over. <laughs> I know. I'm just messing wah, with you. Wah, wah. Yeah, so the whole <laughs> internet knows. But okay, what do you got for uh, news oh. this week? Oh yes, we do. Oh yes. Oh. We have a we have a new article on the Genesis website for Android called Shadow of Humanity, where it kind of goes through archetypes and careers. They kind of hit on a few of them, wetting our whistle a bit, and damn, can't wait yeah. for this to come out. Yeah, um, I like the changes. <laughs> In fact, uh, Jim and I were talking about them uh, after we had our uh, <laughs> we had our session of. Uh, android the other day yeah. you know and uh i got five extra xp <laughs> <There you go. laughs> and, and stefan got a boost for his character he got like 10 xp That's cool. uh, based on what was in the core book you know but so yeah it looked really good i like the yeah. stuff man everything about this setting looks beautiful i can't wait to play Isn't it, it yeah i know yeah i can't wait i can't wait to well we have we've already played it thanks to jim a yeah, well, times. yeah 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 I've, Which, if, nobody, if anybody hasn't um, seen it yet, um, go on out to our YouTube channel and go check out um, our uh, Realms of Tiranoth Online, <laughs> an Android setting. Yeah, we put both episodes up there, the one that we recorded back in October, and mm-hmm. now this one. Yuppers. Yeah, and so it's all ready for you guys. You guys we're see what we look with like, it. too. We're, we're going to do a part three uh, in a couple weeks, awesome. and we'll put that up there after we do it. Um, yep. so, you know, you guys wanted a live play from us and Jim, Jim said, well, they won't do a live play if somebody won't run it for them. So <laughs> he's exactly, <stepped> <laughs> and we don't want to do a live play f- for each other. Somebody yeah. wants to pull, run us through, man. Cause we don't get to play together <laughs> only during, only during, um, what advantageous threats really. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. there we're still doing GM player things, but. <laughs> Maybe we should do it from a both of us from the same player's perspective sometime. 
Alrighty then. We will see. <laughs> That'll work. That could that could work. <gasps> Dude, we could do a um what we could do a uh Dwally Murdoch role. Yes, you're you're, you're with me. You're with me there. I saw it in your eyes, brother. You did. Yeah, the light in my eyes when I talked about a dwarf character. <laughs> yep, your dwarf light came on. <laughs> there you go. You know me too well, bud. All right, uh, so what do we got? We got some listener feedback, man. Yeah, we got a little bit. Let's get through it. So mm-hmm. our good friend up in Canada uh, with the name that I cannot pronounce, but I Give will try man. every time. Yep. Uh, Michael McCullachine. <laughs> uh, he has uh, says nope. best. You know what it is? It is Michael Mickelson. Ha! I got it right. I must have. Let us know, Mike. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Who knows? Um, it says, best wishes from Canada. Happy solstice, Christmas, and New Year. The best part of being a social media shut-in is that I missed your call for a 2019 wish list. Now I have the joy of responding after the fact. <laughs> nice. My wish would be to see more than one setting book drop in 2019. I think yours and many other people's. <laughs> Um, yes. That would be uh, greatly boost the health of the game. My super wish, which was we were, all, which was in all caps, by the way. I, <laughs> My I didn't super know we were wish. getting super wishes. This is so unfair. I know. <laughs> yeah, I, it would be for FFG to release a fan setting splat book. Oh. Take some of the top new settings, forum vote maybe. Cool. Shiny them up for a collected release, either PDF or physical. This would be a tribute to the fan base and define Genesis as a community-driven game. Looking forward to another year of finding the narrative. Take it easy, guys. Mike M. P.S. Keep trying the last name. You will get it someday. I'm pretty sure it's Michael Mickelson. Okay. <laughs> That's my guess. I'll have another one in two weeks or whatever. Mickelishin. You know. Mickelishin. 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 <laughs> Maybe Michael, what is that? Uh, Michelin? You know, um, like the Michelin Man. Anyways, dude, that is a freaking brilliant idea. And, and if I'll wish. put it out there, and, and if I'll put it out there, mm-hmm. Fantasy Flight, if you're going to do this awesome, really cool book, call it 50 Pieces of Awesome. Yeah, and you know what? I'll come down there and help you guys with it. You know, I mean, I work from home. I can wor- And I actually, I work from your gaming store at times, too. I'm the big fat dude in the corner on a Mac. Come find me. I'm there almost eating poutine every Friday almost. <laughs> Come find me. We'll talk 50 pieces of awesome and this fan community driven fan fan driven whatever. A community driven fan settings for that Genesis. That is a great idea. I love it. Thanks, Mike. That is very that is brilliant. All right, I'll read this next one then. Sounds good. All right, this is from Samuel Barrett on our YouTube channel and uh, making a comment on our um, Genesis Year One episode. Hello again, guys. I just wanted to thank you both from the bottom of my heart for making this channel. Aww. Can we get a 50 piece of aww, right? Um, (laughs) Genesis is a gem, and you guys have shared it with others who can now see its excellence. You done good, guys. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks, man. That's awesome. We oh, yeah. that's that's great. If I were to add to that wish list, I'd probably have to agree with the GM screen. I doubt they would make a GM screen for each setting, as the intentionally generic nature of Genesis would be undermined by making the screens tied to a specific brand or IP. They might be able to make generic looking 
genre-appropriate screens, i.e. fantasy, sci-fi, etc. But as they would realistically have to make a profit, I feel I would be that would be too much risk for them. We gamers and nerds like aesthetics to fit with what we're playing. However, with that said, I once found a generic GM screen by Stratagem on Amazon with plastic sleeves on both sides, so you can essentially make your screen look like whatever you want. This also meant it was dry erase compatible. Didn't think about that. Ooh, that's a good idea. Perhaps something like that on the exterior so you could print out or draw whatever you want your players to see while still having those awesome tables on the interior. I was running a post-apocalyptic wilderness survival slash rural cyberpunk campaign. I know, an odd one, and a tongue twister, by the way, <laughs> while using the FAD GM screen, the That's Force, Force and Destiny. Destiny. Yep, Force and Destiny GM screen. Trying to talk about survival in the Rocky Mountains while my players are staring at Yoda got a bit frustrating. <laughs> and especially if you started using his voice, too. That'd be that'd really mess him up. Again, you guys rock. Your show is an eagerly awaited part of my routine. Keep up the good work, and I look forward to what the new year brings. Sincerely, Sam. <laughs> um, too long, didn't read. GM screen with dry erase compatible sleeves. <laughs> dude, I love his TLDRs. The, I know. <laughs> we read the whole thing. It's all good, dude. Yeah, hey, yep. you know what? I, I used to have one of those when I ran um, Savage Worlds. They had one. It was flimsy as hell, though. It kind of busted apart. I don't know, maybe because I live in the upper Midwest and it froze and it got brittle. <laughs> Who the hell knows? But still, those that's a great idea. I have one. I bought it at my local game store. I think it might be the one from Stratagem. They, they sell it there at my cool. local game store. And I bought it. I use it for Savage Worlds. Uh, and it's just kind of got all this, like it's got some generic Savage Worlds art shoved into it. And yeah. um, th- one of the things I liked about it is that I could shove my NPC initiative cards right into the plastic uh, for when my when I was running Rifts yep. before because I was running Rifts before I got my Rifts GM screen for, okay. for Savage Rifts and, mm-hmm. and I, I was using it for Accursed when I ran Accursed um, when I was getting the Grognards introduced to Savage Worlds and, and it worked um, yeah. it's it's nice but I will tell you Fantasy Flight they know they made a GM screen for Edge of the Empire they made one for Age of Rebellion. They made one yep. for Force and Destiny, mm-hmm. and every time they were beautiful. And I bought all three. Me too. So I know people are going to go out buy them <laughs> if they make one for Android and they make one for Genesis and they make one for Terranoth. I'll Bob probably buy all three. Yeah, so. me too. Even though, even if I won't ro- run them, whatever, I'll just buy it. <laughs> yeah, because well, it's again the art for your players to look at. Absolutely. If you stand it up, a lot of times I'll show the players the back of it. You know, hey, uh-huh. look, there's Yoda. You know, there you go. But um, I usually just sit with it, play with it, sitting right in front mm-hmm. of me, laying out, but just so I can read the the charts. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, really, I mean, the critical hit chart is one of the things I use the most. Um, and the vehicle hit, critical hit chart. And yep, yeah, both of them. Yeah, the personal and the vehicle ones. Um, tend not to look at the um, how to spend advantage, disadvantage. That kind of that. stuff, try and ignore those just to kind of, you know, use the narrative and go with it. Um, and, and when you're first playing it, yeah, that's cool. Just kind of get an idea. But, um, yeah, sometimes it could be a crutch, but it's all good. Yep. Okay. One, you got another one here. Yeah. Uh, from Nick Polymus in on YouTube on our Realms of Terranoth Online Part 1 uh, video, mm-hmm. very cool, 
and phony and funny, not phony. <laughs> uh, what what program are you using to play online? Why that would be Fantasy Grounds. That's right. And we're using a mod for Fantasy Grounds created by my favorite programmer, Mr. Chris Holmes. Yeah, thank you, buddy. Appreciate that. <laughs> and Jim is actually combining them all into a Realms of Tyrannot. Just combining the, the like the player libraries. A player uh-huh. library is kind of all together, which would, I think is going to be pretty nice once we get once he gets that together. So appreciate Jim picking picking that up and, and going with it. And we also used um, for voice and the video itself. We use Discord, mm-hmm. and Tony and I we tape. We're I mean we have video that we're taping right now, but we use Skype too. Um, I pref- I don't know why I, pre- I prefer Skype. It's less choppy. Uh, yeah, most of the time than Discord. Uh, when we use Discord, like when we used the Discord um, for Jim's thing, I don't know, my, my, my video got too choppy for my taste. But. Oh, okay. All right. But, yeah, so that's what we use. And, um, yeah. Yeah, pretty straightforward. Yeah. There's other games. I mean, there's other online. Um, there's Roll20, which is uh, which is pretty decent. Um, I've used that before. Um but yeah, if you wanted to use um, Fantasy Grounds, you'll need to find there's a um, Star Wars Edge of the Empire plugin rule mm-hmm. set. I think it's version two. You need to get the latest of that, and then um, you can find that in the Fantasy uh, Fantasy, Fantasy Ground Grounds forums. forums. Yeah, you'll need you'll need to sign up and and be a member of their forums. It's free. I mean, you can just create an account and stuff. Then it'll let you download the files. Uh-huh. Um, and then, um, and then you can find there's a Genesis um, one out there. I've kind of modded that a little bit, cleaned it up a little bit. Um, it was a little buggy. Um, I have a couple of extensions that I've created for that, and then of course the the player libraries and GM libraries that we've been working on too. Yeah, and if you so. want, if you would like for Chris to share those with you individually, mm-hmm. email us at the show, and he'll respond yep. sharing those files with you. Yeah, I don't want to put them out in the public public just because there may, might be some. Yeah, there might be some. Uh, yeah, just ask though, and he'll uh, share them. T- sure. No yep. Let's see here. Um, well, that's all the listener feedback. Yeah. So Are we, we got a little another segment to go to. Yeah, let's do it, man. We'll do it. Welcome to 50 Pieces of Awesome. This is where Chris goes out, puts on his detective monocle, and scours the interweb for something cool and shares it with us. What you got today, buddy? Yeah, I grabbed my pipe, put on my hat. Sherlock. That was Sherlock. You know what I found? <laughs> I found something, a conversion, created by none other than Tom Cruise. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Warhammer 40K. Dark Heresy conversion that he did. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, there's like there's a f- couple books. There's a the main book is like over 130 pages. Then he's got a couple other books there. Um, Liber Heresius and expanded character options. An Ordo Zeno's threat briefing on the Tau Empire. To be honest. I've never played Dark Heresy, never played Warhammer 40K, but damn it, Grim and Dark sci-fi 
Yes. I two thumbs up there, man. Yeah. This is yeah. just every time I picture um the Warhammer setting and yeah. the dark and gritty just the uh, I played mm-hmm. a demo of Space Marines on the Xbox mm-hmm. like ten years ago when it first yeah. came out. And I thought it was amazing. And I played this demo over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And then the game came out. It got like horrible reviews, so I didn't get yeah. it. <laughs> well, you know, I'm telling you, this guy, you know, Tom Cruise, right? I mean, this is this is basically a Mission Impossible, trying to put everything he could, you know, in here. And uh, you might say it could be could be even some risky business too. If um, um what do you call it? Uh, Warhammer folks kind of get a hold of it because there's a lot of stuff going on in here. Which, by the way, <laughs> he's got some fear and trauma section. And, you know, the way that he did it is pretty sweet. Um, and there's, like, this corruption as well. Um, but the fear and trauma. So get this. So you can, when you, when you make a fear check... Okay, mm-hmm. and you get a despair or like five threat or whatever. Um, you develop what's called a mental trauma, mm-hmm. and he's got five levels of it. Meaning there's a you know one level is like an easy you know a severity level, right? So it goes easy, average, hard, daunting, formidable. That sound familiar, everybody? Yeah, those are difficulties uh-huh. to try and go through there. So every time you get another mental trauma. If you already have a mental trauma, that goes up a severity. So if you have a severity level that's formidable, like a delusion of invulnerability, which believes <laughs> in himself utterly invulnerable, the character has issued protective equipment entirely. Wow. Run around in his underwear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And um, if that character gets another mental trauma... Yeah, dude, he's like mentally broken and gone. Give your give your GM your character sheet and move on. Create another dude, and that's kind of a neat little concept there. Nice. So, yeah, um, it, I won't lie; it sounds familiar. It sounds like someone who did the uh, uh, fear and you know mental trauma tables of his own. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, the, well, exactly <laughs> what I was saying there, Tony, and um, and. Yeah, I I think it I think it goes I think it could go really well with yours too, and I think it, there's a good compliment there. Yeah, some things. Um, I like it. And then um, one other thing that I noticed in here. Now again, you've got to get the Dark Heresy um, core book uh-huh. to get the flavor and fluff of all of this. This is just mechanics conversion over to uh, uh, Genesis Core. I need to do Genesis core book as well but what he did was each career has like four skills that he's picked out and then leaves it up to the player to choose the other four i kind of like that man that's cool it kind of sets up it kind of gets a a start of a framework for a for a um for a career and then it gives then it allows the player to create their own kind of make it their own if you will cool which is kind of neat and he's got some character sheets and fiddle, fillable sheets too, and I must say this is like far and away one of the biggest you know things that I think we've seen on um, you know just the sheer amount of content in here too. Yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. that was another one hundred and thirty plus pages. Mm-hmm. Wow, 
Yeah, yeah far and away. I got you. You, I got, you get it? You get I it got there? the reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're making a Top Gun effort there, buddy. I am. Oh, see, I knew you would. I knew you would. You would kind of knock me into oblivion here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom, yes. Chris and I would like to award you 50 pieces of awesome. You, sir, may take them wherever you'd like, spend them, keep them, hoard them. That's right. Or just throw them back in our face. But anyhow, exactly. You, good job, man. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot, man. This is a great, great piece of work. Well done. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the books of Genesis. <laughs> um, we are going to talk about magic in. Primordial Machina tonight. That is correct. Today's show episode, which I forgot to mention at the top of the show. Of course is, we do. We always forget. <laughs> it's Magic Magica a Machina. Nice. You can say that with your grandmother's <laughs> accent. <laughs> I dare you. No. Five no. times real fast. <laughs> Magica a Machina. <laughs> there, just once. <laughs> With a brack of beans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, nope. Uh, so, just as a reference, yeah. we're 210 in the Genesis Core rulebook. Mm-hmm. And um, also, it, it references the magic skills on page 70 of Arcana, Divine, and Primal. But it kind of tells you in here that uh, we described several magic skills. Uh, you may use some combination of these or create entirely new magic skills unique to your campaign. Regardless, magic skills have a certain commonalities that require some additional rules, such as combat skills, uh, or much like combat skills, excuse me. For the sake of convenience, we might sometimes refer to actions using magic skill checks as spells. Regardless of the source of magic within the campaign world, can add a lot of flavor if you use various terms for the differing dif, to differentiate kinds of magic. If you use those various terms to differentiate kinds of, especially when it comes to in-game dialogue, for instance, priests using a divine skill may perform miracles, while druids summoning summoning animal ally, may summon animal allies. Wizards may use the arcana skill to fling bolts or fire at their foes so it talks in here spellcasters are anyone who can has at least one rank in a magic skill mm-hmm. and uh, if your character does not have at least one rank in a magic skill they cannot attempt to use magic magic cannot be used untrained it's very specific that it says that because it's in bold <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> it is it's bold yep yeah. uh this can includes performing any of the magic actions or maneuvers listed later in the section. Ah, all spe- all spellcasters, no matter of type of magic they use, also need to have a certain amount of knowledge concerning magic and its possibilities. Yep. For this reason, your character is going to benefit greatly from having a couple of ranks in the knowledge skill if they want to be a spellcaster. Now, what that means is the knowledge skill that pertains to that magic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then it goes into using magic and narrative encounters, and it goes into the various different spell types. Uh, doesn't really like give us a huge amount of guidelines when creating our own magic skills. Right. Um, 
at the end of it all, it does talk about magic implements and being able to use and how to set them up and use different ones. But thankfully, we have another book from them. Yes, we do. That the gave us off. hints on how to customize magic for a setting. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we picked up on when we were going through our review of that is in the talents. Yes. Uh, they're talents that allow you to unlock potential uh, to use magic. Mm-hmm. And then also there are were two new types of magic added. Yep. And one of the features that and I'm, I'm getting a little long winded here, but I'm getting to it. Yep. Uh, one of the features that <laughs> come from that came from um, reading in Terranoth and reading in um, Genesis in the core is that there's certain skills, magic skills, uh, magic. Actions. Spell types, actions, the actions that yep. are prohibited by certain types of magic. Mm-hmm. So, so that's for where instance, Chris, yeah. So, for instance, like in the core book, arcane, you can't use the heal action, yeah. and, and that's that's one example of it. And then in off oh, go ahead, and you can't augment either. Oh yeah, that's true. You can't. And but, then um, in an inverse, say, you can't attack with words. Even though sticks and stones might break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Well, that's true, I guess, in Tiernoth, right? <laughs> I mean, right. the verse, you can't, you can't attack with it. <laughs> so, so when we were creating our setting, uh, we, we came up with a lot of pretty diverse types of magic. Mm-hmm. And we had this idea that we wanted a magic for each ability score. Yeah, based on each ability score. Yep. Yep. And so part of the things that I liked, um, the theme of the magic, um, I liked having, instead of having just two or three spell types that you couldn't do with a um, a magic skill uh, or action types, Chris and I decided to go with one. So each magic sphere, as you may call it, I like to call them spheres, each sphere of magic in uh, Primordial Machina will have one banned or prohibited uh, magic skill that it cannot use. Yes. But like Chris and I do, we wanted to make them cooler too. Yeah, we did. And I think we might have. We might have hit on that. Uh, oh. So yeah. we came up with each sphere also has a specialization. Mm-hmm. And that is a specialized spell. This is a rule. Specialized spell type or action is automatically upgraded once. Yep. Or no, sorry. Has is it upgrade? No, it has the difficulty reduced by one. Okay. We have upgraded a, in our notes in our show notes. Yeah. yeah I'm so sorry. Yeah. It is. We, no we 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 went back and forth on it. Yeah. Um, it is what it is. Is the difficulty is reduced by one. To the at the end of calculating the spell value to a minimum of one. Yes. So you're automatically, if you're casting an attack spell and you, attack spell is your specialized uh, action, mm-hmm. uh, you automatically get to add something to it for free. Right, or at least reduce the difficulty for yep. free. Yeah. Yep. So. Um, Which is cool. You can build it up, and then boom, you can reduce it. 
Uh, you never have to cast the base version. Yeah, you can always add something that's plus one, like range. Yep. On something. Well, right. do you want to? Do we want to go through these magics? Oh, and by the way, what I've added to these is I've added a linked knowledge skill too, because that's very important when it comes to casting magic, because your knowledge skill um, will enhance it. It will make say the blast. It'll give you that blast rating equal to say your knowledge skill, whatever that might be. So I, I put in our notes here um, what knowledge skill is in there. Great for the so, so we'll add to that. How about I kick it off then? Kick it, man! All right, so kicking it off, air magic is uh, we we have all four elements to start, but the first one is air magic. Air magic is cunning based. Mm-hmm. It's prohibited uh, skill or action. Prohibited action is barrier. Air magic cannot create barriers. However. It's specialized uh, action is augment. So if you look at the augment base power, augment automatically starts at two. But mm-hmm. for air mages, the base augment is one purple difficulty. Yeah, that's slick. That is slick. And of course, our linked knowledge of, to that will be elemental. Right. Knowledge. So you have to put some ranks in elemental knowledge. Okay. To benefit from that. So that's pretty straightforward. You want to take the next one, brother? Yeah, the next one is Earth Magic. And everybody take a guess what we linked it to. Yes, you're right. Brawn. We um it is gonna be it is brawn based. The band um magic action is the dispel action. And the um the specialized action or the one that you would get your reduced difficulty on would be the barrier. Spell so kind of the opposite of Earth there almost a little bit, yeah. right? And then yep. of course the knowledge for that will be elemental as well. Cool. Next one, man. Next one is fire magic. Mm. Fire magic for you hotheads out there is presence based. Oh yeah, it is. Its prohibited action is healing. Yeah, which fire. sucks for Jamalto on Saturday <laughs> nights because <laughs> I can't heal everybody anybody. Fire no heal. He no, just no, no. likes fire to kill. No heal. He likes to burn. <laughs> he just burns stuff. <laughs> and he does it well because his specialized uh, action is the attack action. Oh yeah. And then his the uh, of course the uh, uh, knowledge uh, for this particular magic is elemental. Hmm. I know. Yeah. All right, and then our last element is water, and that is agility-based. Um, the band um, action is curse, so you can't curse anybody if you're a water mage. Um, but you can heal them with a reduced difficulty. That is the specialized action. Uh, specialized action is is healing. Which makes nice. sense, you know. I, I like, I like, I like how that how that goes. the The theme of that just feels right, you know. Mm-hmm. And yep. um, and then of course the knowledge linked is elemental. Then we get into our two magics that are kind of different. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, <Yep. they> are. <laughs> so we have artifice. Mm-hmm. Artifice is intellect based. Yeah. It's uh, it's prohibited 
skill, or excuse me, action, is conjuring. Mm-hmm. You cannot conjure with an artifice. Nope. You are actually making stuff. This is like your 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 technomancer, your your um your weird scientists, if you will. You yeah. know, you're actually assembling something, or mm-hmm. using chemicals, or using alchemical solutions. Exactly. Um, and mm-hmm. then the uh, specialized is dispel mm-hmm. because it's more technology based. Less magic based, therefore it's better at dispelling. Yes. And the tink, linked. Uh, the linked knowledge is. I, it's, I it's I think it's science. Is what it's science. Mean. Yes. Oh yeah. Science. Okay. And then the last one. So the last one is blood magic. It's willpower based. You cannot heal. With blood magic, duh. And there's a main reason for that, but go on, Chris. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but, pardon me, you can um, you could curse people at a reduced difficulty as well. And the linked knowledge is going to be hidden knowledge for that. So it's like nice. you're a cultist. It's this gives us a little. This gives it that um. Uh, like a little bit of like a Cthulhu-esque, a little bit of spin on that where you can really draw on those those themes with these hidden knowledges and the blood sacrifices and, you know, if you want to do a Temple of Doom scenario, <laughs> feel free. That's what he would be doing, right? Ripping the heart out. Nice. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and the reason why you cannot heal, the main reason why you cannot heal with blood magic is because Little note to blood magic is that instead of costing strain, blood magic costs wounds to cast. Yeah. Yep. Hence blood magic. <laughs> blood has blood magic requires a price a price of blood. <laughs> yes, it does. And our linked knowledge is hidden? Yes. On that one. Yep. And so, you know, three of our four not or our four knowledges for our setting uh, are used in magic. So we have uh, mm-hmm. elemental, uh, science, and hidden. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't use knowledge history. Right. For- Do we have we have culture too? I have, oh, culture, we have culture written here too. That's right. We, we use have five that. knowledges. Yeah. Sorry. History and culture. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So, cool, dude. I mean, that's pretty much it. We we're also tinkering with. Um, I was tinkering with the uh, possibility of um, adding some more uh, augment, some more things that you can do to augment your spells. But uh, I, I said, I thought to myself as we were kind of looking over the show notes here, I thought to myself, well, you know what? We're not going to talk about that. We're actually probably going to put those as talents, some of them. And also, um, you know, Chris and I had talked uh, briefly a while ago. We talked about putting breach, how to get breach into our spells because we have mixing vehicle combat and personal combat and the way the damage is dealt. Mm -hmm. And so, and I figured out how to do it and I completely forgot to put it down in the show notes. We're going to put in implements Ah. that use fey crystal. Okay. And we'll give spells the breach quality, quality. your attack spells, the breach quality. Oh, sweet dude. Yeah, and, and that that's whole... all a Fey Crystal implement will do is give it 
initially all of and then you know more powerful ones can do more things but yeah they give a weapon the breach quality oh that's cool and that makes Fey Crest Crystal that much more valuable. Yep. Uh, because then it makes magic usable for siege weapons. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, and you could put it in like your ranged weapons too, right? I would right. think it would give ranged weapons, melee weapons, the breach quality, so you can have, so you can go toe to toe with those mock those machinas out there, wielding a Fey Crystal sword and cutting a machina to pieces. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's a whole other that's a whole other episode, man, talking about how we came up with the personal and vehicle scale, how we're mixing it. Oh, oh yeah, it that's going to be a hurt. whole other show later. But Oh yeah, and, well. And that's fun. why I mentioned it now because uh, we're going to also talk about implements as gear as opposed to being tied to like in Genesis, the implements are right here tied into the section on magic. We're yeah. going to talk them more in our gear show yeah we'll go into uh, more gonna details have, on those yep once we figure those out definitely cool man but that's how we that's how we customized magic in our setting and i've seen a lots of other different ways of doing it um there are people who've added psionics to their settings there's people who've oh, added yeah. um the, the individually customized magic to the character for mm-hmm. superheroes yeah um and and things like that so yeah, i think i think in that um in the warhammer now Warhammer 40k conversion they have psionics in or I didn't really look at that part of it either just because I'm not I don't know um, the setting too well I know Sorry, that was just a little that was just a little minority report there for you but now. Oh, oh oh yeah oh, yeah I pulled in another one <laughs> we got a million of them <laughs> uh, you got me you got me I know I almost um, kind of had your eyes wide shut there for a second, didn't I? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Ooh, you're getting good at this. I know. Uh, I know. <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe you're one of a few good men. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> so are you. You can't handle the truth, though. Anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, Anyways, all right. But uh, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> sorry, I can't. Lost that train of thought, didn't you? Yeah, I totally <laughs> you're did. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we'll talk uh, no, about no. implements when we're talking about gear, the gear section of our of our um, of our setting as well. So, yeah, and we'll, yeah, you know, let us we'll know what have... you think of this, how this is coming along. If you you know, if any of you out there are kind of following the you know evolution of this setting, give us your thoughts, give us your feedback on it. Say you know what, blood magic don't make sense, or and then we'll say you know what appreciate the feedback but whatever dude but you know we would i mean we would like to hear your feedback see if this is something that you know evokes you know playability and i know i know i've been enjoying it we've been doing the play tests you know that's been awesome yeah it's been it's been great creative freedom for me to just you as much at you guys yeah. as I can, yeah, setting wise and character wise and monster wise. I've been throwing out these cool <laughs> adversaries and such. You know, and I'm telling you, I am getting. I I have the the vision, the the view of this, um, what this setting looks like too, man. I don't know, just just immersed when we yeah. were playing too. Yeah, cool, coolio. Probably because all those damn pictures we keep posting the <laughs> to our Pinterest. Yeah. Yeah, we're Lord. up over like 200 and some odd images in there now. It's ridiculous. Oh, is that all? Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just posted a couple more today. <laughs> all right. 
So, um, are we ready? You want to go set the tone now? Yeah, man. Let's do it. Welcome to Setting the Tone. Today we're going to go to the realms of Terranoth. And we're going to Magic of Manara. Because, man, it's themey. It is. Uh, Page 115 to 117. We're going to read it and discuss it. Mm -hmm. Well, we've read it. We'll just discuss it, won't we? (laughs) Yes. Oh, one thing thing that I had had to put in here. Dude, we need a freaking table like this. Yeah, we? we do. You think? Yeah. A handy table like that would be... Yeah, it would. Uh, handy. <laughs> it sure would. We'll, probably, we'll put it in our book. <laughs> and, then in maybe, our and then maybe the, like, the knowledge skill as a line, too, which matches them. Which shouldn't be too hard to know, but mm-hmm. elemental. That'd be easy enough to do. But So Magic of Minara. This is a cool yes. section, man. Yeah, it, and... and what it really does is it, it gives you it gave me the real feel for how rune magic, which is the thing that identifies Terranoth as a yes. I mean, the initial Terranoth settings were runebound and rune wars. <laughs> they were the original mm-hmm. Terranoth products. And so yeah, it's a uh, it's a uh, it, it, it talks about in here about um, the magic skills in the runebound setting you may purchase ranks in a skill uh, only if it's a career skill just like it says in the core book mm-hmm. and it talks about differing disciplines differing approaches uh, same thing uh, arcane magic has kind of this you're casting spells it's it's formulas that have been taught over the centuries you have to go to a university it takes years to learn yes that's arcane magic mm-hmm and then you go into your like divine magic, which is you know prayers and miracles and 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 you know dropping G's word name, yo. Um, <laughs> and yeah. Uh, and uh, you're appealing to the outsiders, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And uh, then uh, in primal, it's nature it's the natural world and the power of life and and that's and the last one or last two the new ones you've got verse Mm -hmm. which is this it's the power of words it's the bardic music it's it's um the rhyming word so to speak Mm -hmm. and it has a different approach and it has to be spoken or uh music has to be played with it. It kind of requires an instrument of some kind, whether it be your voice or uh, a physical played instrument. Um, And then, um, you know, so... And in the runes, I mean, the runes magic is tied to what you said. It's all the runes. But what's interesting about this is that you need an implement to cast a rune spell. You yep. need an implement for it. It's required. Which is it interesting. Is, I like that. And and that's one thing that we're probably going to implement for our artifice <laughs> characters. That's right. Is pun that, intended. Pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is, out, that there, <laughs> is that there be a requirement that they have uh, a 
alchemy kit or a tool kit of some kind with which to perform their weird science with. Exactly. Exactly. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. And there's a and there's a precedent for that here. Yep. In the setting. And then, you know, it goes on into um And what isn't what is interesting is that these what I'm also reading here the end of the like the last paragraph on one fifteen, yeah. talking about, um, like if a rune, say an immolation rune, um, versus a stasis rune, both manifest a magic barrier, the narrative can be so much different. Like you have a wall of a barrier of flames in front of you, whereas the stasis rune. All of the like, say the arrows coming at you, slow down so you can kind of pull your, pull your Agent Smith and you know dodge out of the way or whatever, kind of slows them down. So the narrative, thinking about, even our setting too, and we've done this. Even the guys um, when they're casting their spells, pull on what elements are being cast from, so you can really pull in a pull in a neat narrative. In that regard, like if there's a prime, you know, if they're like in this game, I, I know I remember um, Jamie when he was when he cast like a barrier spell or whatever it was. Oh, I know what he did. He was activating a heroic ability, mm-hmm. but he was basically he described casting a spell like slamming on the ground or doing like a Superman punch or something that just sent out this force magic that just knocked all the minions down and out of the fight. Because of that, and that's really cool. Yeah, it like kind of basically turns your character into their own legend. Oh yeah, yep. And so, and each, so yeah, the narrative belongs to you as the mage, you mm-hmm. the caster of the spell caster, whatever mage, mm-hmm. uh, divine, and in in our setting, same thing. Mm-hmm. Narrative belongs to you. You choose fire magic as your go, is your magic, mm-hmm. and you're an elementalist and you got that then bam your spells are always fiery in some way yes you know they incorporate some aspect of fire whether it's ash or heat mm-hmm. or fire itself or lava or whatever yep your spell has some aspect of fire tied to it mhm yeah and then, narrative yeah and then back to the back to the um, the realms of tiranoth magic one thing that I that I like here is where it's talking about the arcane arts and kind of where it came, comes from was, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, the first. And the Yurthrites, is that how you pronounce it? The Earthrites. The Earthrites. Um, basically speaking creation into existence. You have your, you have your, your, your good, lawful types of be- primordial beings, if you will. Think of it that way, right? Right, and you have your evil, chaotic beings, and you've got this—you've got this—I um, don't know—pendulum, if you will, of of the magic kind of flowing from back and forth, and I think that's kind of what they've called this turning thing, right? I don't know. The turning, I understand it. That's kind of interesting too. But no, so I like that. Go ahead. It kind of gives you a little bit of uh, history here, and it goes into it. The turning mm-hmm. is actually what um, the the imp- the Empyrean realm and the Infernal realm, and their power struggle created basically a piston that on is, the universe. Yep, yep, yep. And so, as the Empyrean would rise, 
the Infernal would fall. And as the Infernal would rise, the Empyrean would fall. And it created this piston effect. And in the center of it all, all reality began to turn. And that force that created that turning, they called the Verto Magica. Mm -hmm. And that's what created magic. That is magic. That is where it came from. Mm-hmm. And cool. yeah, and it, and it talks about um, in here. It talks about how the uh, how magic is taught in the realms. When I said it's taught uh, at at universities, it's taught by. Mm-hmm. So basically, there you have to have these scholarships for people, or only nobles go to study. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's so very few instructors. It's extremely rare. They talk the, yeah. the words "rare" are mentioned a, a lot in mm-hmm. this whole section, yeah. uh, because basically your heroes are going to be the only people who are going to have magic, and maybe a few villains sure. are going to have magic at, the, at their disposal. And most people mm-hmm. are going to be unable to grasp it. Yep. Yeah, and I, and I forgot that they. After reading this again, I forgot they had the. They actually pulled in the concept of those hedge wizards, who didn't go to the university that are kind of have that. Maybe they flunked out, right? Or they can naturally pull on the Verto Magica, and um, they're kind of treated with suspicion. You know, if you're not if you're not a university and you've studied, you know, at the University of say Gray, if you're not a Greyhaven wizard. You know, you're not going to be, you're going to be like, ooh, you're kind of wild and wicked. You actually know what the hell you're doing, right? Right. Yeah. And they're going to, they're going to mistrust you. They're not going to, you know, people are going to mistrust you because you don't have a reputation for being someone who has the discipline to handle magic. Right. Right. Yeah. So, and then it goes into the source of sorcery, which actually is what I, what you were describing, the turning. What I was describing, yeah, the mm-hmm. turning and all that and where Which it came from. you did a from. good job of that. I like that. Yeah. That was pretty good. Well, you know, I tried to give it a more visual look than the words here say. Mm-hmm. But then the elves kind of tap into it differently, which I noticed that was kind of cool. And, and of I think course they do. Next, they always do stuff differently. Yeah, elves, elves are weird. Yeah, they are. That's why they're not in our setting. Freaking yeah. elves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, which, by the way, it made me think of this. Okay, Sorry. Small little sidebar. Didn't ask you this earlier, but I'll ask you this on the air. Dude, I've been cooking with the air fryer. Kind of want to do another show segment called, (laughs) and I think my daughter came up with this, Lambus Bread for Thought. (laughs) (laughs) Where every show I come up with, hey, this is what I made with my air fryer this time. (laughs) For gamer food, man. Because I cooked these wings for my gamer buddies on Saturday night and... You guys enjoyed them, didn't you? <laughs> oh, yeah. I cooked well, maybe we'll have it as an unofficial show segment until you get tired of using your air fryer. I, know. I, was just, <laughs> I don't know, man. Those freaking wings turned out pretty good. Anyway, sorry, sidebar. Oh, you're a hell of a cook. You made some great-ass Death Star waffles while we were kind of the cob, man. <laughs> just think what I could do with an air fryer with those fuckers. You know, I'm going to try donuts. I'm gonna, I think I'm going to try my Svingy Italian donuts this weekend. Maybe tomorrow night. Maybe later on tonight. Hmm, I don't know. Right. Anyways, sorry. All okay, right, back on track. Over. Back Talking to about elves. How they? I don't know. Every time I hear think of elves, I think of Lambus bread. Oh, I've had four. <laughs> right. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, yeah. So the dude. elves they use it. Yeah, I'm just so glad that in our setting the elves have gone away and are in oblivion now. So. Yeah, they are with the gnomes. <laughs> Or are they? 
<laughs> All right. Yeah, the elves kind of do this a little different way. They call the uh, what humans do uh, as lower magic, oh, yeah. um, holy, and they practice bastards. strictly the Empyrean arts. Their magic okay. source is the Empyrean realm itself. It's okay. high magic, mm-hmm. therefore, it's going to have kind of a different theme. You casting with a elven spellcaster doing the arcane arts, it's going to have that kind of golden glow or uh, almost. I don't know. Um, a haughty a, feel to it. Haughty, maybe, maybe it could almost be a, almost a celestial. Yeah, potentially, um, right? I mean, would it no, could. no, yeah, no. That's that's uh, it's kind of got. I don't know. Uh, oh, witty toity! I am going to blast you with a fireball, <laughs> you bastard! <laughs> sorry, of all, all, sorry, <laughs> didn't mean to insult you, people from all of you from across the pond who. Talk with a hoity-toity accent. <laughs> I don't think anyone is insulted more than... Um, no, no one. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, there's probably like two people over there that listen to this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, of our our tens of fans. Tens, that's right, tens of fans. Her- Harrison and James. <laughs> probably the only ones that listen. <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, anyhow. anyway, yeah, so yeah, so that's kind of cool. That's a neat little uh, narrative or thing to pull on, too. Yep. With that and, then, and, and that's the thing about these little tucked-in corners in these books. Where, mm-hmm. That's why we do this segment where we talk about these. Cause tucked in these little corners in the book and in this fluff is some really cool role-playing fodder as a player <laughs> and as a GM. Because mm-hmm. reading that as an elf, I'd be like, Oh, I know how my magic's gonna be from now on. It's gonna be like golden, glowy shit, and I'm gonna be yeah. like, you know, mm-hmm. some sort of fucking elven super mummy or something. You know, I'm totally, totally gonna look down on that dwarf rune caster because he needs a freaking implement to touch the magic, right? Yep. To pull on the magic or something. <laughs> exactly. Anyone who's using an implement, it's <sighs> whatever. It's trivial. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> and then it goes back into the rune magic with the riddles of the runes. Oh, okay. um, Now, rune magic, the runes themselves, the, the rune-bound shards, come from an orb that was cracked and shattered and um, was scattered across the realm of Terranoth. Right. Mm-hmm. And these runes have power bound into them by the, the dragon rune that is on the shard of the orb that you find Mm -hmm. and so um because of that the runebound shards have are pretty powerful um and they're very rare um and they're extremely rare outside of the continent of taranoth Mm, gotcha nice yep and then okay so it talks about the rune masters Mm -hmm. and Uh, how they how they cast, they have to trace the rune? Is yep. it? Mm-hmm. Pardon me. Yep, and they can even, it goes so far as to say that the, the most skilled rune masters can modify a rune that they are given and turn, say, an a immolation rune into a more powerful version, which uh, a sunburst rune. Oh, oh my. Yes, by cool. making... By making slight alterations and knowing the draconic rune language. Okay. Because that's what 
rune uh, the the rune masters who go to university to stutter this study this mm-hmm. spend all those years studying is the actual language ah. that takes years of study to understand. Awesome. And uh, yeah, so and then cool. it talks about a couple of rare other communities, and it talks about like the rune masters mm-hmm. um, being the last part here uh, in the second to last paragraph where it talks about the rune masters are the only ones who can activate the rune bound the rune golems. Oh yeah. Throughout the realms. And I thought, Oh yeah, these guys can turn these things on. This is fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool, man. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much this whole two, three page section. Yeah. yeah there's so that many, it, so many neat little nuggets in these few pages. Mm-hmm. That's so that's pretty cool, man. Pretty yep. cool. Can't wait to get back to playing some realms of Tyranoth online. <laughs> Even though I don't have a character that casts magic. But so, he's a magical guy himself. Yeah, but you do have a rune on your <laughs> on your uh, your hammer. Your axe. Yeah, your big axe. Yeah. You have one have of the most the powerful sundering or whatever it was, right? It's the one that gives it the ability to slice off that dragon head. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. So, Delicious. you know, who knows? Maybe someday we'll, Jim will take us and let one of us get a, like one of those lightning strike runes and we can go into the jungle and we can make Tropic Thunder. Yeah, we can. I see what you did there, Tony. <laughs> see what you did there. Well done, sir. Well done. <laughs> I, I, maybe maybe that's maybe that takes us on to our next segment. Then that'd be a... sounds groovy. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, everybody. Welcome to Advantageous Threats, and yeah, if you missed it like I did, there were a couple, there were three other nuggets back there, hints that Tony threw down, um, (laughs) that I completely missed, probably because I'm trying to not to sneeze during this. (laughs) Uh, No problem, dude. yeah, hopefully this next segment will kind of be a bit of night and day here. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, well, so at least, as far as I know, we're both Americans, so it will be American-made. Yes, <laughs> yes it will. Dude, I see what you did there, too. Awesome. All right. So I'll kick it off here. My character, <laughs> Spanner Cogsmith, a dwarf artificer in the primordial Machina setting made by amazing people, yeah. is going to augment and his And tested by even... More amazing people. Damn scooper. Yeah. All right. He is going to augment his allies with an alchemical spray. Ooh, you don't <laughs> I say. Picture, I picture like guy standing there with like a bug sprayer. You know, it wouldn't. It wouldn't <laughs> smell like. At it. it wouldn't smell like uh, magnolia, would it? Maybe vanilla, like the sky. Like the vanilla. <laughs> yes, you did it again. Well done, sir. I'm catching them now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so alchemical spray. 
Yep, yep, yep. Uh, his artifice is intellect based, in so okay. there he has a three yellow, one green pool. That's uh, four intellect and uh, three ranks in artifice. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is doing the augment, but he is doing so um, with an additional target. Mm. Added. So okay, the augment skill is two base difficulty All right. with uh, two additional difficulty um, for additional target. So grand total of four. Sweet. So right now I'm sitting with a three yellow, one green pool Yep. Uh, versus a four purple uh, difficulty. All right. Now, as he is using alchemical spray, he is going to get a boost die for his superior quality alchemy lab. Awesome. Well, where he is at is actually on an airship Oh, flying. Uh-oh. So maybe you get a setback die because there's a bit of a wind. And when you go... That's a wind. A little bit of wind. <laughs> That's no problem. I'll stand up, wind. <laughs> But there you go. And then spray back to your buds. That's right. <laughs> you know, don't want to cause a lot of collateral damage. Awesome. <laughs> That's pretty good, dude. That's yep. pretty good. <laughs> All right. So I'm going... He's kind of making uh, an alchemical cocktail in a way, too, isn't he? Yep. He made the cocktail beforehand. Yes. <laughs> uh, so... Uh... <laughs> I am going to spend a story point because uh, this is important to have my crew augmented before flying into this uh, huge uh, thunderstorm ahead because we have several days of thunder ahead of us. Um, So um, (laughs) He keeps going and going. I love it. Why don't you move one of those to the... um, You can move one of those to like red because I'm going to flip a story point because you might be losing it. Um, might slip out of your hand or whatever. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Okay. So, um, and oh, and my primary target is going to be the uh, character Jerry Maguire standing there. So hang oh, on. Oh, sweet. All right. <laughs> I was wondering when we were going to get right. that guy in. <laughs> That's right. right. Jack Reacher. Jack Reacher's captain. <laughs> right. Uh, keep going. Keep going. We, All we, right. We will. Don't worry, everybody. <laughs> all right, I have grand total at the end of it all, one simple success and a despair. <laughs> Holy buckets. I had three dice come up blank, too. <laughs> oh Including gosh. the one for the wind. So the wind came up blank. Okay, then. I'm going to go to my trusty little... I love using this despairs, man. Mm-hmm. All right, so success, uh, that means that the primary target of Jerry Maguire and my secondary target, who I would pick, um, would probably be Captain Jack Reacher. Yeah. Uh, uh, I I have those two uh, as my targets for the Mm -hmm. augment, and they're all sprayed down with this bug spray. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, It... um, it, it springs a leak. Uh-oh. And um, it kind of burns your hand a little bit. Uh-oh. And um, you kind of you drop it. And the and your alchemy lab just goes up. 
So you're going to have to rebuild that. You won't be able to cast any spells. You won't be able to do any more spell casting for the rest of the encounter. Oh, oh shit. Despairingly be, so. <laughs> <laughs> be busy putting out the fire on the deck of our airship. Yeah, you will. <laughs> well, more of a, more of a um, acid Oh, reaction like chemical reaction, like some weird shit's going on in your alchemy lab, and it might be burning through a little bit. But you know what I mean? Yeah, burning <sighs> through the deck until it's completely burnt through the entire ship. That can't yeah. be good either. <laughs> no, <laughs> flying around with a ship with a bunch of holes in it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Pretty All right. much. All right, you're next, brother. What you got? Okay, so I have a character named Sigmar the Cleric in this Warhammer 40k Dark Heresy setting. He needs to make a discipline check versus fear because he and his team are being ambushed by a sloth infiltrator on page 130 in um, Tom Cruise's uh, conversion. Mm Mm-hmm. It has a fear rating of four. Okay. Sigmar has a willpower of three. Discipline of one. So that's going to be a yellow, two green, and four purple as he and his um, team are on a quest in these um, War of the Worlds that's kind of going on here. Nice. (laughs) We're running out, dude. I know, we're running out of them, though. Anyways, um, so yeah, so that's what we've we've got. Um, And this uh, sloth infiltrator, I'll give you a um, a kind of a little bit of description. Terrible, monstrous beings whose minds and bodies are utterly alien and who are rightly feared and reveled by mankind. Sometimes, Do they have adversary? Don't have adversary in there, but I wouldn't doubt it would be. I would think it would be adversary. In some cases, they're called maggot men or the dream eaters or the carrion lords. So Shit. Yeah. <laughs> these things are badass, man. Yeah. <laughs> they, they are don't badass. Let's just, say, let's just say they're coercion. Holy crap, dude. Is four yellow, a green, and two blue. Crud. Yes. Yeah. These are nothing to be. Sh- yeah. To shake Pretty a stick cool. at, or a big. Is hammer. there a picture? I am trying no to find the document. There's, There's no the page picture. Of the document. Page of the document one thirty. Yeah. But man, yeah. I'm gonna do a quick little internet search. No, I don't see anything. Oh, sloth. Oh yeah, they're kind of. Ooh, they kind of look like. You know what? They kind of look like a cloaked. Um, think of it as like kind of a cloaked um, scarecrow with kind of maggoty. You know, remember like the maggoty face mask that uh-huh. he was wearing, kind of. Dude, rock on, man! Yeah, that wow. scared the crap out of me, for sure. All right. So yeah, if you want to do an automatic upgrade without even spending a story point, I'm good with that, to be honest. Yeah, this thing, goddamn terrifying. I would think. I'd think an uh, yeah. an automatic upgrade is do mm-hmm. for sure um as a nemesis mm-hmm. it, i Definitely. don't know why it doesn't have adversary um mm-hmm. so yeah we're gonna upgrade that perfect 
And I'm gonna I'm actually gonna spend a story point because you know this is my team as well. And Sigmar, the cleric here, he's trying to um, power up his buddies and try and push through this if he could. Okay. So, all right. So I've, I'm left with uh, two yellow, a green, a red, and three purple. Do you want to turn another one of those into a red? I'm sure. You yes, do. I do. Yeah, you do. Let's see if we can get a double despair. Wait, well, you're so good at rolling them in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I know. Maybe we can get a a mental illness or something or whatever it is, a mental trauma. Here we go. Uh, no. However, holy fail, Batman. Um, yeah, we got um one of my proficiency dice came up negative, but whole lot of failure. We have a total of two failure, three threat. Yeah, nasty. Yeah, so Sigmar is kind of, he's probably peeing himself a little. You think he might be running away? (laughs) Yes, (laughs) yes, far and away. He's running away, pretty sure. So then his exit theme would either be Ride of the Valkyrie (laughs) or... Rock of Ages. Which is it? <laughs> you did it. You did it. I think we He's going to run away them. until he finds the edge of tomorrow. Ba-dum-boom. That's right. <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, just for the record, yeah. folks, uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Tom out there, I, we know you're not the Tom Cruise, but we've had a lot of fun throwing in <laughs> Tom Cruise's name movies in our show. Uh, if if in good spirit, buddy. You did an amazing job on the setting. It looks yeah, great. It and, does. And so, congrats. our tribute to you. Yes. And of course, the other Tom Cruise. <laughs> and in our cheesy ass humorous way. <laughs> well said, Tony. I don't think I could have said it any better. Yes, our cheesy ass way. Oh. Right. Let's let's get over with this. Let's go home. I know. Let's go home. <laughs> everybody hope you enjoyed that our show tonight today whenever you're listening to it um and yeah we had fun with mr oh Cruz yeah there that was well i had to make you feel better brother you feeling sick a little bit but you know what i'm powering through i'm powering <laughs> through anyways um yeah so i would like to shout out to those um the imaginary ramblings Matt and Ben out there from West Virginia who talk about pretty much every anything nerdy. Um, their shows last probably about for a half an hour. Um, and their last one, Series 2, Episode 13, recently they're talking about a Merry Solstice and all of the wonderful things that they've done over the um, holidays, I believe. Yeah. You can find them at... Um, imaginaryramblings.podbean.com and they're on the Mayways and they're out there. Find yep. them. It's a good show. They Pretty are awesome. a great member of the Nerds International community yes. as well as us. Yes, um, so you can reach them where you can reach us over at uh, Finding the Narrative in MeWe mm-hmm. uh, and on Google+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can contact Chris and I. Email us at findingthenarrativepodcast at gmail.com. 
You can get a hold of me on Facebook. A couple yep. of people have done that. Um, I, I'm, I'm on there every day, uh, unfortunately. Um, powering through all of the garbage that is Facebook and searching for the, the wonderful gems that exist hidden in there. Because awesome. they're still good there. I believe they're still good in Facebook. There is. Really? <laughs> yes. Um, but anyhow, uh, and then you can uh, point your friends out and your family to listen to us on Podbean, iTunes, watch us over on YouTube, and we're also available on Google Play. Yes, we are. So it's been a fun episode. Uh, <laughs> you, I've giggled a little bit, probably because of all the silly puns and whatnot. But always, uh, it's always, it's always very punny. Yeah, podcast with uh, you, man. Right. Yep. Uh, <laughs> on that note. This is Tony saying, keep rolling them bones. And this is Chris saying, remember the rule of cool and just have fun, everybody. Good night. See ya. Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast is not affiliated with or endorsed by any companies mentioned in this show. Any of the products mentioned on our show or appear on our website are the property and copyright of their respected owners. All items are used under fair use and educational and review purposes. All other items are the intellectual property of Finding the Narrative, a Genesis RPG podcast. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.